host of the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 283 for July the 3rd, 2022. Greetings. I am Marty. And I'm Kristoff, and this podcast is the month and year of my birth because I'm an old man. <laughs> It is. It is. Uh, we we have hey, a, a long time to go for mine. Well, fuck off then. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm just saying that'd be 1084. So uh, we'll have to do this for a, a very long time. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, if we if we do make it across a thousand episodes, <laughs> someone, anyone, put us out of our misery. I mean, um, I'm, we're probably close to a thousand between the three oh, versions yeah, yeah. of the Rough House, but yeah, yeah as as yeah, this iteration, if, if this iteration goes a thousand episodes, um, yeah, yeah, double or nothing, thir- uh, twenty thirty eight, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and somehow sure. TNA will still be around, <laughs> um, and there will be people out there who say it's the best thing going, and yeah. I will still not watch. Yeah, uh, I, I. <laughs> have some serious doubts on that um but anyway uh, hi everybody uh welcome uh there's a lot to get into we have a full recap of uh, forbidden door to dig into oh yeah shit uh, that because that that happened since we last talked arguably one of the best shows of the year but uh also wanted to throw out uh in case you are say the type to listen to our wwe coverage and not listen to the AEW side which that's weird um at the end of the episode this week, we actually have a really cool interview with uh, James Lawrence, creator of a really awesome comic book being kickstarted right now called The Legend of La Mariposa. It is a luchador-themed comic, so yeah. uh, something a little out of our wheelhouse, but uh, we, we thought it was a cool project and, and worth discussing, and uh, we had a really nice chat that also went a bit longer than I think either of us expected. Well, you know, when, you know, like I always, like you, you gotta, you gotta feel it out. You know, you yeah. never knew, we didn't know what this guy was gonna be like, so he was, yeah. he was great, and uh, we had a lot of things in common, so we just, you know, the talk uh, just continued, and was it was very good, so definitely check that out. Um, you know, the, the you know, interviews not so much in our wheelhouse, thematically, uh, that comic book is very much in our, in our wheelhouse. 1,000%, and chances are, if you are a, a listener of The Rough House, if you love luchadors, and uh, also, I'm just going to say it, if you're like us and you grew up in the era of the 90s, uh, let's say X-Men and Marvel comic card trading mm-hmm. bonanza. Uh, you know, if you haven't already continued to do so into your adult life, great time to crack open a comic book. So uh, yeah. by all means, check that out. But hey, first, let's talk about this company. Uh, the World Wrestling Federation. He always got to bring the room down. Years, the revolutionary force in sports energy. WWE, they ran Money in the Bank last night, a event that was supposed to take place in a stadium. 
but then got shifted over to an arena and everyone had to repurchase their tickets. Hey, they, they did all right in terms of a draw, so I, I can't talk too much yeah, shit. It's, an, it's uh, an arena definitely within their wheelhouse that's uh, yes. not a fucking stadium. Yes. One of the biggest, newest stadiums in the, in the fucking country. So... It was money in the bank. Both briefcases were up for grabs, and we saw some changes on a show that did not feature uh, arguably their two biggest stars right now in Roman Reigns, who, uh, well, he didn't have a title match, and he doesn't really show up on stuff that he doesn't have a title match on anymore, and uh, Cody Rhodes, who, of course, is out with a broken titty. Um, so, uh, the focus of the show last night was the money in the bank ladder matches and they bookended the show, the women's ladder match, kicking off the show and the men's ladder match, uh, wrapping up the show. Uh, we had the women's money in the bank ladder match, which was Liv Morgan, Oscar, Alexa bliss, Raquel Rodriguez, Lacey Evans, Shotzi and Becky Lynch. And what was an absolute slop fest of a ladder match? Uh, I forgot that Alexa Bliss was back. Like, yes. you know, she had been gone for so long and people would be like, when's she coming back? When's she coming back? And then she's back. And I didn't even fucking realize it or remember it because there's just been nothing about her. Well, you'll be happy to know she also featured one of the most cringeworthy segments of the night for which the crowd audibly booed about halfway through the show. They did a promo for the WWE credit card because this company isn't predatory enough They're not coming for your wallet. Uh, yeah, we'll, it we'll get to a, you, Theory. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was a segment where uh, Alexa Bliss came backstage to discover her doll, Lily, had a whole bunch of new clothes. And, of course, she bought them using the WWE credit card. That's not a really good advertisement for a credit card. No. The, the... No, it's not. You're, you're having a supernatural <laughs> doll steal the card. Well, awesome. it's also kind of encouraging children to steal their parents' credit cards and charge things. Such as the Peacock, available only for $10 a month without ads. So that's Peacock. Is it 10 without ads? It's 10 without ads. It's five with ads. All right. There's, there's a free tier. There's $5 that gives you access to everything, but with additional ads. And then 10 bucks right. to get it without ads. Yeah. If you're on uh, Comcast, uh, right. at least through the next few months, because they're basically turning off the tap soon you get the oh, ad really? free version for five and you get the with ads version for free because you're a comcast uh, customer gotcha gotcha yeah, yeah i pay five, five just because i like watching parks and recreation on loop so there you, you go know. i haven't watched a wwe thing on peacock since <laughs> wrestlemania just yeah. out of morbid curiosity so yeah but yeah, this this match was a mess. Uh, you really had two ring generals and Oscar and Becky Lynch, and they both had very off nights. Uh, beyond that, you had Liv Morgan, who was fine, but not what I would call uh, a skilled worker. Uh, Alexa Bliss, again, fine. Uh, and then you have Raquel Gonzalez, Lacey Evans, and Shotzi, who are not very good. And in the case of Shotzi, not only is she not very good, she also seems to have the focus of injuring herself as regularly as possible, which she did by busting open the back of her head in this match. So, nice. Uh, nice. On a ladder, I suppose. Yes. On a ladder, smacked the back of her head on a ladder, well was bleeding profusely, probably a concussion, but they kept her in the match. So of course they did. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But like even uh, you had to get that power doom spot in that they do in every woman's multi-person match. Uh, Asuka and Becky, like I said, they had an off night. There was a moment where uh, Asuka was on a ladder bridge 
And the idea was that uh, Becky was going to do a leg drop off of a ladder inside the ring through the ladder bridge, putting Oscar through the ladder. Mm-hmm. Becky overshot it entirely and Oof. basically uh, sent on Oscar's boob. That that's what happened Ooh. there. Yes. Yeah, I so, mean, uh, not not nice so, for anybody. Sounds like a decent Saturday night for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, sent on a titty. Why not? But yeah. uh, really, this was a moment where it's like, oh, they need Charlotte, they need Bailey, and yes, they need Sasha and Naomi, and uh, not, none oh. of them are anywhere to be seen right now. If, if rumor and scuttlebutt on the uh, on the Twitter sphere is to be believed, Sasha was released, and they're trying yeah. to get her back. Yeah, so that's weird. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, that's that's a grain of salt sort of take there. But uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we did not see Sasha Banks back in WWE at least for a number of years. I, I figure either she she will be back at some point, or she's going to pop up at the AEW Grand Slam show in New York. That would be uh, big. That show always needs something big. And I feel like we're not getting, you know, Omega Danielson too. So uh, we'll we'll need something else of note on that show. So uh, the winner of the match ended up being Liv Morgan, which the crowd was very happy about. Okay. Uh, And uh, she had uh, kind of a roller coaster evening herself, which we'll get into. Bobby Lashley, Bobbert Lashley himself defeated Theory to become the new United States champion. This was arguably the most hyped the crowd was the entire night. Very excited for Lashley. Big uh, baby face Bobby. Yeah, big baby face Bobby. And boy, do they hate Theory. Uh, Match was fine. Oh, well. Uh, Hurtlock gets the win to a massive pop. New U.S. champion. And then we head to the back where Liv Morgan is being interviewed by Sarah Schreiber, the latest of the interchangeable women who hold microphones for people to cut promos into. Uh, Liv Mm -hmm. Morgan noted that she has a year to cash in the briefcase and says, you know what? I don't want to mess it up. And uh, WrestleMania, that might be a good time to cash in. Now I just want to celebrate. Wink, 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 wink. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bianca Belair had a match with Carmella, which could have fit in on Raw. Uh, it was what, it seven was minutes. Three minutes. Change. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bianca ends up winning uh, with the KOD, but after the match, Carmella jumps her, and this feud must continue. Okay. Is Carmella alone, or does she have any uh, lackeys or she, sidekicks she's alone or anything? Right she's alone yeah, right now. Because yeah, okay. she and um, uh, oh god, what's her name? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Malachi Black's wife. Oh, um, uh, Vega. Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega. Yes, they were a duo, but they broke up. Okay. All right. So, uh, Queen Zelina. Alone. Right. Yes, yeah. Queen Zelina. Yes. And she wasn't in the, the ladder match. She was not, no. Okay. I mean, she might have been. She's very tiny. <laughs> she, she is. She, she is, she is a Gresham level of small. I, I'm still curious as to how the, uh, the, the physiology of that couple works in the bedroom. That being Malachi Black and, uh, and Zelina Vega. <laughs> Because, man, you look at the two of them and you would not expect them to be – I mean, you know, it, it, not, I'm not judging or anything. It's just, you know, looking straight at appearances only, you, you'd be a little surprised to find uh, them two, uh, you know, slapping each other around horizontally in the bedroom. But, I mean, uh, her hey, and you know Austin, Austin Aries made sense because Aries also very – Ew, no, really? Oh, yeah. That's, that's who she was with before uh, Malachi. Ooh. He gave her at 35 Herpes? years old – a oh. promise ring. 
<laughs> yeah, in case you wanted a, another another thing. Was to it tally locally on. sourced vegan? <laughs> if you needed another thing to tally on the uh, Austin Aries is a chump board. There you Man, go. Man, that guy sucks. <laughs> he really does. There was an ad for SummerSlam. Which included clips okay. of Logan Paul training, and they recapped the signing Logan Paul, internet superstar, signed to WWE this week, up to and including posting photos of him with Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. The finger point is back, baby. Yeah, the point's back, and it's it's pointing at terrible people once more. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's no shortage of terrible people within WWE, so at least they're keeping consistent. That's true. That's true. That's a, that, that's a very fair and look, point. Logan Paul is an internet celebrity with many followers. So in terms of a strategic signing, I get it. The kid had an okay match at WrestleMania. So you know what? Good good for him giving it a whirl. And uh, you it's know, weird I, to me that they're putting him as a face though, because he is like so naturally unlikable. Well, I feel like initially, you know. He's going to draw eyes uh, and then he'll, you know, become a, his real persona as a dickhead, uh, you know, and maybe he'll, you know, he'll do a live stream on the WWE Instagram from the house of the Benoit house or something like that. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty on brand for him. Oh, so, no. you know, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I guess then he'll be the, the closest yeah. equivalent to the Japanese suicide force that we have yeah. here. Exactly. But uh, it, it really sort of underlined this week uh, what was a, a very good thread by a known wrestling Twitter person, Trevor Dame. I don't know if you had a chance to, to check this out, Chris, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, okay. After WrestleMania, I came to the conclusion that maybe it didn't matter if WWE could no longer make stars because they could just keep hiring stars from Hollywood or legit sports. And that's basically been the case. NXT isn't WWE's real developmental. YouTube and ESPN are. Knock on wood, but it looks like WWE has reached their floor and they still have a large chunk of people who will watch TV every week, regardless of what's on it. And for their biggest shows, Nick Khan goes into the Rolodex and sees who can learn how to do a match in 12 weeks. What I do think is funny is all the, this is why WWE is the big time. They attract celebrities while AEW just attracts wrestlers, which is the truest sign that WWE spending 30 years training fans that wrestling secretly sucks compared to all entertainment has taken hold. Celebrities, if they're the right celebrity, they can be hugely important to wrestling. You have a good product and future top star waiting in the wings. One good Mr. T or Mike Tyson can get a generation of people to tune in and get to know them. But celebs used to be the tool you use to make full-time wrestlers your big stars who in turn drove business. Now the celebrities, your part-timers, they are the stars they drive the business. WWE, I love this analogy. WWE has just made a sandwich that is all bread, and it turns out people love bread. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the 30 years of brainwashing has been effective. Yeah. It's sad. Uh, luckily, we snapped out of it because we had an actual competitor come along. So thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says uh, he goes back to Vince during WWE's hottest period ever, the Attitude Era, where Vince said they stopped having a lot of celebrities at Mania because the wrestlers were so huge. They were the stars. Mm -hmm. Now it's just the opposite. The wrestlers are the fuel there to get celebrities over. Uh, what a weird dunk for people who claim to like wrestling to say, quote, WWE is truly showing everyone how it's done by getting out of wrestling and turning the promotion into a live action celebrity death match. 
they could, you know, it, it doesn't matter who WWE signs. The 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 people with the, you know, Queen Zelina 058282 <laughs> Twitter handles are going to right. cream over whoever it is. Right. It's just the the Kool-Aid has been drank yeah. uh, and it's it's like it's it's like a legit brainwashing of their fandom. And I will say sometimes it has worked out. Uh legitimately Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn is one of my favorite matches Fantastic. this year. Uh you go back yeah. to Mania uh 2021 Bad Bunny showed up and showed out great. and yeah. Logan Paul coming in as a boxer probably has a skill set, which will, you know, transcend sure. and, and work out. But it does say a lot that like you look at these shows and you can tell which ones are lame duck because there's no celebrity involvement. There's no part timer involvement. And right. in turn, look at the show last night. Like I said, People only cared about the Bobby Lashley match. That was the second match on the card. And Bobby Lashley is one of a handful of people who have been there since the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's all they've got now is is people who are, you know, popular because they knew them then versus people caring now. Yeah. Um, so kind of a bummer. Uh, going back to the card. The Usos defeated the Street Profits to retain the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. Uh, there was some controversy in the finish where uh, Montez Ford's shoulder was up during the pin. So clearly this feud must continue. But they made mm -hmm. a very big deal talking about uh, Montez Ford. And he has gotten in great shape. But they kept putting over that he was in great shape. And Friday uh -oh. night on SmackDown, there was a, a thing where they did a face-to-face -face with the Usos and the Street Profits. And the Usos uh -huh. said something about, like, we hear that there's dissension between you two, which has never been a thing on screen. So I, I think, So what you're saying is Angela Dawkins is going through a barbershop window. Yes, he's getting genetic <laughs> at some point. And okay. that's a shame, because he's really good. Um, I... I I said it many times here before, but like Street Profits are probably one of the best WWE made products in recent history. Right. They, they are very, very good. They have great personalities. They can both transcend beyond where they are. But yeah, Tez is the, the bigger star. Clearly. Sure. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, weird video package showing candles, a dark sky and also in the same mix, a Latino Heat license plate, mm -hmm. Dudley's glasses, mm -hmm. Hardy's armbands, and a gold medal. Mm -hmm. This led to the internet believing Bray Wyatt was returning because, of course, the internet just wants to assume Bray Wyatt is coming back. Nothing about what you just said makes any sense for Bray Wyatt. The video was spooky, Chris, so it had to be Bray Wyatt. I award them no points and a God have mercy on their souls. Some slightly smarter people were saying <laughs> Gable Steveson, but Gable just decided to sign up for another year of college wrestling, which tells me how good the WWE next in line thing is going. <laughs> uh, so clearly this is actually the, something setting up the return of Edge from his injury. Uh, well, he'll go against it's only been like two weeks, Day. though, hasn't it, it? It has. But, you know, it, he'll probably be back in time for SummerSlam, which will be at the end of the okay. month. Okay. Okay. Anywho, uh, we had a SmackDown Women's Championship match between Ronda Rousey and Natalia. It was fine. Uh, Rousey ends up winning with an arm bar. And who runs down to cash in but Liv Morgan? Okay. Liv Morgan, who earlier in the night, 
as a babyface said, you know what? I'm going to take my time here. I might cash in at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Cash is in four segments later. Uh, hey, you know, good for her. Uh, Rousey puts uh, Liv immediately in the ankle lock. The crowd starts booing because they think that Liv is about to be completely chumped. Uh, Morgan kicks out the leg that uh, Natalia had worked on and then rolls up Ronda Rousey to get the win and become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Of Fans give a you, you deserve it chant. I mean, look, Liv is clearly popular. But I'm a fan of her Instagram, (laughs) but (sighs) this just feels like, okay, she's got the belt and she's dropping it back to Ronda at SummerSlam. Probably, but she would, well, you know, she'll have champion on her, uh, on her retirement page on her, uh, when she gets released next year, (laughs) that's true. true. It'll be former uh, SmackDown champion or raw, whatever the fuck. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then we had the Money in the Bank ladder match. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Riddle, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, Madcap Moss, and Omos. Were I thought he was not Madcap anymore. Is he still Madcap? He's still Madcap. He just wears, you know, little black tights now. <sighs> okay. Uh, just before the match started, out comes Adam Pierce, and he adds theory to the match. Uh-huh. Theory and probably in the match on direct order from Vince McMahon. Did he even say that? Probably. No, no, no. He just said he's adding theory to the match. Crowd so it was an eight man money in the yes, bank match. Became then? an eight man money in the back money in the bank match. Uh, it was not amazing. Uh, I mean, there were some crazy bumps taken, but you had almost in there, which you would think, Chris, what is the job of a very, very tall man in a money in the bank ladder match? Grab the briefcase. Well, beyond that. Oh. Like if you uh, if you are agenting the match, what do you do with the big guy? I mean, you have to take him out, right? But you have him catch people, right? You, well, I mean, it's, it's a normal big guy, yeah. Yeah, well, they didn't have him do that. In fact, he spent most of his time selling, and like there were moments where like he quote unquote fell off ladders, but he fell off like the second step, and. It was it was really it was really really bad. Theory ends up winning. He's now your Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder. I don't think they're going to do Theory versus Roman, so we'll see how all this goes. Maybe yeah. he'll cash in on Cody when Cody wins at Mania or some shit. I did see a great tweet this morning that uh, Theory's girlfriend uh, couldn't. Uh couldn't couldn't see him win because it was past her bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's go to the other company. Uh. It was a very big week for AEW last Sunday. Like I said at the top of the show, arguably one of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen. Uh, It's pretty great. Let's get into it. Ruckus really delivers for this company, I gotta say. Uh, Full on bop right there, kids. But it was live at a sold out United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Million dollar gate. Hot ass crowd, too. Hot ass crowd. Whole show. Crowd, too. Very familiar with the the New Japan wrestlers. So either it was, you know, the dorks like us who watch New Japan or. 
you know, the AEW fans that, you know, got to know who these people were. But the yeah. a lot of the, the Japanese wrestlers over real big. And uh, Million Dollar Gate, 127,000 buys on pay-per-view, which Solid. while not as high as some of the recent AEW pay-per-views, considering they just ran a show a month prior versus right. a normal three-month break. And they had one major, <laughs> two major AEW stars on the show in uh, Jericho and Mox, um, you know. I, I think this was really good. You know, you had no punk, you had no Danielson. Yeah. Um, you know, the bucks were in a, a trios match. Like right. uh, they, yeah, no Omega. They definitely had a hard hand dealt, but people came out for it and uh, everybody delivered. Um, and yeah, for, for as not great as the build and as much as we complained about the build for this yeah. show, you know, that seems to be, you know, any complaints we have about a build for AEW, the pay-per-view pretty much always delivers. 100%. Uh, you know, there's there's been maybe an exception or two, but yeah, this was this was a very very solid pay-per-view and, you know, especially considering how how many times the lineup had to be shuffled throughout. Yes. Uh, I think they ended up with a with a really good card with a a, a, a good number, like the majority of the matches were good to great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and even the ones where I, I was not necessarily pleased, it's it's just picking nits, you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them, but uh, yeah, yeah. just uh, a killer, killer show, uh, which included the buy-in, which was a pretty good buy-in. Um, yeah. ex- very excitedly, we discovered that the commentary team for the show was Kevin Kelly, Excalibur, and Taz. Man, fantastic. They were awesome. They were yeah. awesome. And uh, Takuro Shibata, the ring announcer for New Japan, was out there with uh, Justin Roberts to show him how an actual ring announcer does their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have much rather uh, had – if you had the option to choose on the uh, on the remote, <laughs> yeah. which ring announcer. Definitely would have gone for the other Shibata. I, I did see uh, a video clip of uh, the Japanese commentary for – uh, Forbidden mm-hmm. War, and I think the the thing that I enjoyed the most was Milano Collection AT losing his fucking mind over Adam Cole. Oh, uh, he he did the baby when. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and he did the boom like he was he was okay. full on marking out in the booth, which is awesome. That's cool. uh, we That's kicked cool. off with Yoshi Hashi and Hiroki Goto, who turned out to have a very busy week in AEW this week. Uh, <laughs> right? They defeated Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. Uh, we didn't catch most of this because we were running a little behind, stuck in traffic on our way to one of the Lego Lads boats. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking 95. <laughs> Shout out, though, for uh, Russell hosting us. Uh, very, yeah. Very enjoyable watching the show with the boys. I, I had a great time with that. Um, Goto and Hashi hit the double team finish on Aaron Solo to get the win. Lance Archer defeated Nick Camarado in a match that was added last minute. Just two beefy boys beating each other down. Um, yep. Archer ends up winning, hits the blackout squiz pin, and it makes sense that Archer got to be on the show because he is one of the most AEW slash New Japan guys sure. uh, in the yeah. company. Um, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland went against the Suzuki-Goon duo of Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado. This is something I was very excited for, and it delivered. Hell yeah. This match was dope as hell. Yeah. I really want a solo match between Swerve and Despy, though, because uh, give me a best of seven. Okay, yeah, their, that's, their that's, exchanges that's in the see. ring were so fun, and both of those guys have really unique 
ways of getting into and out of their offense. Mm-hmm. Like Swerve has like this I'm trying to think of a, a positive analogy, and I hope this doesn't sound negative. It has almost like the the snake like body movement. And it's how almost it, like, like Spider Man esque sort of yes. like the way he moves his body it, around. It's very fluid and everything rolls yeah. into the next spot and then the next yeah. spot. There's a little bit of like, you know, British catch wrestling in that, but it, it always looks so cool. And Despy's the same way. Despy doesn't really approach how he does even standard moves in a standard way. So it's just like, even when they were doing basic exchanges, it looked and felt different from everything else on the card. Um, Fucking uh, love Despy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Super fun, super great match. Uh, Big Bang Catastrophe from Keith Lee on to Kanemaru gets the win as the Swerve in Our Glory team, though they may have their issues, continue on their winning ways. Post-match, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs call him out for another match, which, yeah, we've seen him a lot, but hell, I'm I'm down for another round. Yeah, I mean, the more Starks and uh, Hobbs on my TV, the better, so. And we had Max Caster and the Gun Club. They were out to face the L.A. Dojo group of Yuya Yamura, Alex Coughlin, Kevin Knight, and the DKC, who had just eaten a loss to Hook the prior Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caster does his normal shtick, as do the Ass Boys. One of them thought they were in Tokyo Dome, and they were interrupted by Danhausen, who said he had a gift for them. And it was the Ass Boys theme available on the uh, available on the internet from the Two Minutes to Midnight yeah. group. For two seconds there, I thought we were getting a live version of it. And, uh, <laughs> my, my heart was a little broken, and I was like, "No, no, no!" Just the, and the Ass Boys. It, it's just Fantastic. how the audio sounds. It sounds yeah. more live than uh, produced. Um, with that, but then then the, then the ass boys ran off to yes. chase after Danhausen, leaving uh, their their papa yes. and uh, and Max Caster to fight off four LA Dojo kids, which they did easily. Which is a, I don't really love how they made the LA Dojo guys look like chumps. Yes, they absolutely got buried here. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it, it was uh, a, a great showcase for uh, Caster and Billy Gunn as they got to murder the LA Dojo. It's okay I mean, you though. Know, the dojo got a shiny moment later in the show. Yeah, well, the yeah, the dojo itself, not yes. <laughs> not the dojo students. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, they're young boys. They're all supposed to lose. Anyway, yeah, but there's it was four and two. I mean, come on, that's, <laughs> if you gave them an out for yes. a loss, yes. you know, and then they didn't take it. So, you know, have we been keeping toll on uh, keeping track of the uh, of the. AEW wins, New Japan wins at this point. Uh, so we're at three to three to one at this point. Let, let's I think. see. Uh, bu, 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 bu. The pre-show was because it was uh, uh, yeah, it was New Japan the Chaos Tag Team. Yeah, yeah it got uh, one. so New Japan got one. Then Archer Camarado was both AEW. So I guess we can kind of skip that. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I, you know what? I'd give that to New Japan because Camarado's AEW only. Okay, so, so then two New least, Japan. So then split. And the, yeah, so it was two New Japan and then two AEW because Swerve okay. and Our Glory won. And then uh, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start keeping track. Here. Okay, because okay. I'm curious. I haven't done this before. Yeah, yeah. I I, right. I I meant to keep track of it. So one and one there. Okay. Then the pay per view proper starts, and hey, it's still Kevin Kelly, Tez, and Excalibur in the booth. Hashtag blessed. Uh, and we kick off with a match that I think outperformed even our most wild of expectations, <laughs> as it was the Jericho Appreciation Suzuki group 
of uh, Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara against the Sons of Mox, that being Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. Yeah. This match absolutely rolled. If it were not for another match later in the show, I would say it was match of the night. Yeah, I mean, normally I, I'm not expecting big work rate stuff out of uh, Chris Jericho in yeah. matches. And to be fair, he didn't really do a ton of the work rate stuff in this match. Uh, but uh, this match absolutely fucking ruled. I mean, yeah. Suzuki being Suzuki. Yes. Um, and then, you know, Kingston being Kingston, trying to get his hands on Jericho. Utes uh, is awesome. Uh, uh, but... And and, and the, the standoff between Kingston and Suzuki is like the thing dreams yeah. are made of. Yeah, yeah, I I was looking forward to that, and it delivered. Yeah, uh, but really, the it was you know that 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 thing you always say of not having something exceeding the expectations yes. you put forth for it. Shooter fucking showed up, yeah. and showed ass, and was fucking awesome. Like that kid, you know, he, he's putting it all together right now. Is yeah. is uh is is shooter Umino? I mean, he's got uh, an incredible look. He he looks like I know he's Red Shoes kid. He looks like a Bitana's kid. Yeah. And yeah, very much so. He he's got this great charisma, and to see him, like I thought this was going to be a showcase for Yuda, right? Uh, but uh, if I'm saying it right, Umino, uh, Umino looked phenomenal on this, and mm-hmm. we got an announcement yesterday, which I'm even more excited about, which we'll yeah. talk about in in just a few moments. But uh, big surprise was Umino's. Big moment. I, I it, even when they were showing the clips of his history with Jericho, which nice move. By, yeah, uh, whoever made the call to put that in there. It was Tony. Uh, come on, <laughs> you know he remembers that shit. Uh, but I, I, I thought that was a great way of setting the stage of the story of the match, and, and it made him look really good. That said, Judas Effect takes out Umino. Jericho gets the pin, and in turn, Jericho's team got the advantage. Blunt got another one for. Well, actually. Is that for AEW? Because he got Suzuki right there. Jericho got the pin, though, so I'm giving okay. it to AEW. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Shota, um, his, his like, he put, he, he survived a lot of finishes. You know, yes. there were a lot of close calls, a lot of false finishes on from Jericho on Shooter yeah. that he kicked out of or and got out of the line, not the Lion Tamer, the, uh, the Walls of Jericho. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I will, I mean, as good as that match was, Shooter is definitely the highlight of said match. That and Eddie Kingston and uh, Minoru Suzuki. Plus, we got the full Kazanin RA and a yes. sold-out United Center, which ruled. Yeah. Oh, and and Sammy, we haven't said anything about him. He probably looked the best he'd look in a while because, uh, like, his spots all hit, yeah. <laughs> which which has not <laughs> been Sammy's strongest suit in recent memory. True, um, true. But yeah, a uh, very awesome match. Then we went from that to another great match, although this one we expected to be great. It was the triple threat for uh, both the IWG oh, yeah. heavyweight tag team titles and the Ring of Honor World tag team titles. Caprice Coleman joined commentary for this match and Bobby Cruz was doing the ring in- introductions. So yeah. that was awesome. FTR walks away the new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions, defeating the teams of Rapongi Vice, Trent Barretta and Rocky Romero, and the United Empire duo of Jeff Cobb and Great Ocon. This match was awesome, had uh, a great faux injury spot, so uh, mm-hmm. Dax could do the big Spirit of 76 comeback. Um, yep. And, and someone pointed out, this had been done in a Bret Hart match. But uh, even with that aside. Well, not only that, his shoulder tape was black and uh, black and pink. Too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's it's borderline comical. The 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 full on, you know, gushing of all things Bret Hart. But, yes. you know, 
Um, FTR going to FTR. Yes. Big rig on Rocky Romero is what gets the pin, meaning the United Empire did not take the fall. They, of course, now have storyline reasoning to come back for those belts. I think the thing that I really enjoyed the most out of this for as great a match as it was and the storytelling was awesome, what have you, in the moment of FTR winning, Caprice Coleman and Kevin Kelly geeking out on commentary about we get to call more FTR matches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You would never I, hear that in WWE, like a, a, a genuine well, no, human Well, first of all, they would like never work that. with another promotion, well, but fair. yeah. But like a genuine <laughs> human moment like that of, oh, shit, we get to do this. This is awesome. Like, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, such a palpable joy. I mean, honestly, for the whole booth all night, even when JR's curmudgeonly ass popped up, like everybody seemed to be having such a fun time being yeah. a part of that show. Um, Tony Schiavone backstage with Juice Robinson, who didn't work the show. But uh, Robinson is saying, he still injured? Uh, I I he had appendicitis, so it was a pen. Oh, okay, uh, it might not be cleared. As, as someone who has had it, um, you know you're you're not supposed to do a lot of physical activity. Yeah, uh, so I can imagine he's probably not allowed to work right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's interviewing Juice and and Jay White. Robinson said uh, that the Osprey Cassidy match is not really for the U.S. title. It's just to pick the number one contender in his eyes. Then another great match, four-way for the All-Atlantic Championship, Malachi Black, Miro, and Clark Connors, the last-minute replacement for Hiroshi Tanahashi. Pac ends up winning and became the first no, ever. No, for Ishii. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. My bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, apologies. Uh, Pac ends up winning. Tana slumming it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, new all first ever All-Atlantic champion as uh, Pac finally tastes AEW gold. Something God, that damn, I, I only feel took like three a, fucking years. Yeah. I, I, I think granted the pandemic probably extended his period sure. of time not having a, bolt, uh, a belt, but um, God, he's so good and it's good to see him have a belt. But this match ruled as we thought it would. Miro looked unstoppable. But the guy who showed up and showed out was undoubtedly Clark Connors. He got his shit in, man. Good for him. You know, yeah. this was an opportunity for him to do so, as we mentioned on last week's show, yeah. uh, which we taped prior to the show. Um, but, yeah, he he definitely got his uh, his good spots in and, and made himself look good, although he's he's just uh, uh, a cowboy. Is that his gimmick? What's Something his? like that. Something like that. I mean, we kind of already have one of those, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, just look beastly. He got the Chicago crowd behind him. He came off like a full white meat baby face, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pack ends up winning. He's the first ever all yeah, champion and was announced yesterday. He will make his first mm-hmm. defense next Sunday, July 10th, in the UK at Rev Pro against Shooter himself. Let's Shota go. Umino, which should yeah. be awesome. If the gimmick here is, and honestly, it's what I was kind of thinking, but the gimmick here is that, that Pac goes from company to company and defends the belt, and this is something for him to do in between his times in the States. Hell yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if they like put this match on AEW's YouTube or right. tacked on an episode of Dark or Dark Elevation. Like, Yeah, I like to be able to watch it. it. Absolutely. <laughs> Without buying a RevPo, RevPro pay-per-view. <laughs> yes. Uh, but great match. Awesome moment there and uh, new champion. Then Tony Schiavone came in for the next match. And uh, 
as he put it, well, I did my bit for the night right within the opening. Right. As it was the Bullet Club trio of Young Bucks and El Fantasmo against Los Instingernables. <laughs> Sting, Darby Allen, and Shingo Takagi. Another super fun trios match. Great character moments. Starting off with Sting at 62 years old, diving off of the entrance stage onto yeah. the Bullet Club to Tony yeah. Schiavone yelling, It's Sting! And then it's mumbling, all, all, you all right, from something like I'm going to leave now, guys. Yeah. I did yeah. my bet. <laughs> yeah, he gets his shit in, too, does Tony. Yeah, yeah the, the the match was fun. Um, ELP and the Bucks, I'm not sure, because ELP joined Bullet Club way after yeah. Young Bucks had left. But yeah. that's a really fun trio to watch, because yes. he's definitely aped a lot from them yes. <laughs> over the course of his time in the BC. And it, it definitely uh, works well. And, you know, uh, personally, I would have liked to see a little more Shingo in the match, although yeah. he did get the pin on ELP. But, he did. you know. Uh, obviously, Sting and Darby had to get their their shit in as well. There was a really fun moment between uh, uh, Shingo and and Sting doing the, uh, the fist, fist bump bumps. in the center of the ring, and yeah. which was which w- which was really cool. Um, Sting doing Sting shit by no selling double super kicks, uh, mm-hmm. stinging up, and then you know beating down both bucks. It was it was you know it was the fun match you expected it to be. And who can forget ELP going for the purple nurple on Sting. Sting no selling it and then responding with a purple nurple of his own. Yep. Yeah. Spot of the yep, night right there. Yeah. So I'm I'm giving that one to New Japan since Shingo got the pin. <laughs> we're, we, we were at five to two at that point. So <laughs> I, felt, I felt like New Japan needed a, a, a tick mark there. Tony Schiavone backstage with uh, Shota, uh, giving him some props for his performance in the opening match of the night. But before he could say anything, Jericho interrupts and hits him with a fireball because he's a wizard. Sure he is. Yep. Fucking hate that gimmick. So stupid. But okay. Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm had an AEW Women's World title match. It was fine. It was not the coming out party I think they needed. Um, They only had like, what, eight minutes? uh, With 1040, according to the Observer recap. 11 Um, minutes. But uh, Rosa ends up winning with the final reckoning, which is Dustin Rhodes' finisher, uh, and gets the yeah. pin. But uh, the crowd was definitely more behind Storm. I would have been fine with a, a title switch, but that's just me. I mean, I'm a big fan of Tony Storm, so uh, you know, I don't, I don't dislike Thunder Rosa, but man, it, it's what ha- I don't know what it is with the AEW Women's Division. Once the women become champion, yeah, it's it, hard it to give a fuck of, about them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jim Maybe Ross pass around a little more, perhaps, uh, Jim Ross and the up title. Joining, yes. Yes. The title. Let's clarify <laughs> that. Uh, Jim Ross joins commentary team for the rest of Bill. the show and, uh, match of the night was up first with Jr. in the booth. Um, and I just want to say, uh, uncle Dave, we love you. Uh, you provide a lot of great lengthy content. But I wholeheartedly disagree. Full five for this one, as it was Will Ospreay defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Orange Cassidy. And yes, there was comedy. But if you had any doubts remaining about Orange Cassidy being a proper quality professional wrestler, consider them gone. He and Ospreay had... Hands down, one of the best matches of the year here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard to argue. I mean, uh, Cassidy, like, what I love about him is, you know, 
you really have to get him into that gear and he doesn't always go to that gear, which is good because it makes mm-hmm. once it happens that much cooler and to, to be toe to toe and move for move with Will Ospreay, you know, as as terrible as Ospreay is a person, he's uh, as good a pro wrestler as you always yes. say. Um, and he is a really good pro wrestler. And I think Ospreay was kind of the perfect foil for OC in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, I remember when it was first announced, it was like, that's an odd matchup. But yeah. seeing it in action, it definitely made sense because Ospreay is just this smug prick. Um, and and OC's kind of just just this slacker. All right. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll fight you. Go ahead. Sort of thing. Dick. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything just rolls off the uh, the shoulders there. Uh, it, it it matched up really well uh, in terms of you know the the story of the match, the psychology, and the actual you know athleticism in there as well. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Great finish for the match. Osprey goes for the hidden blade. Cassidy ducks. Osprey goes for the stormbreaker. Cassidy turns into a rana for a near fall, mm-hmm. which I totally bid on. I thought that was going to yeah. be it. Osprey then hits the hidden blade, only gets two. Yeah. Goes into another Stormbreaker, gets the finish after the match. Aussie Open runs down. Then you go to beat up Orange Cassidy. Then out come RPG Vice, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta to go make the save. They get laid out. Then a theme hits. And I'm going, I know this music, but whose fucking music is this? Because I haven't heard this in a while. Yeah. Katsuyori Shibata comes out. Yeah, he does. What the shit? <laughs> Ready to fucking go, too. <laughs> Clears the ring, does his uh, uh, corner drop kick onto Osprey, who yeah. ate the fuck out of it and sold the fuck out of it after. Yeah. Uh, and then in one of the coolest things ever, just stands there next to OC, and OC puts some shades on Shibata and just stands there and does the thumbs up into the hard cam, and that's that's pro wrestling, baby. Yeah, yeah. So cool, so good. Yeah. I, a moment I think no one anticipated on the show. Like, no, I mean, I was thinking we might get a Shibata appearance since all yeah. of his, you know, trainees were there, but I wasn't expecting it there. Yeah, I, I was thinking, okay, maybe he'll he'll second the LA Dojo kids to the ring right. or something, where you just go, oh, it's so cool, he gets to be out there, you get a good pop, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. No, this, this underlined the mega star that the man is, even if he can no longer go in the ring due to yeah. countless injuries. Um, yeah. Then God we had... Pop, though. Yes. Uh, then we had the Zack Sabre Jr. match against Brian Danielson's hand-picked opponent. And thank God they went with the one we wanted, not yes. the one who it could have been. Right. As Claudio Castagnoli makes his AEW debut. Uh, huge, like Austin '97 level level pop for this. Ma- yeah, you could see it on his face. He was yeah. fucking loving every second of it. And we were too. I mean, he, yeah. yeah, we were. You know, once once the music hit. I mean, what what are your thoughts on the the 1812 overture update for uh, for uh, Claudio here? It's growing on me. At the time, okay. I was like, eh, I don't know. That, yeah, especially because he used to come out to Sledgehammer on the Indies, and I was like that. That's right, a fucking yeah. pimp theme right there. Uh, uh, but that, that's got to be a little more expensive than even Jane. Or yeah, Pixies, yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, Peter Gabriel only letting that shit go for uh, <laughs> for nothing. Yeah, but uh, it, it's growing on me. I I, I, I okay. think it's it's got uh, a. The only thing is, if they decide to turn Claudio heel, they can't use that theme because it it's super sure. babyface. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just how it's produced. 
I mean, it's, it's kind of similarly to how uh, Brian used to use Flight of the Valkyries. Yes. It's like, you know, something you knew, but then the more, I guess he kind of still does use the intro to it. Yeah, um, but it, it it's. But then it turns into like this trap this... song with lyrics and it's really weird. Right. Which I don't, right. which I don't love. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it'll grow. Claudio's theme will, will grow on me more. Um, but, uh, but yeah, very happy that he showed up. And then he and Saber had a fantastic match. Here. Yes. Uh, the, it the, was a lot of. The only okay. complaint I can say, and perhaps it was done on purpose for ZSJ to have the point he did in the, the, mm-hmm. the, the promo that he cut that was on the, the road to dynamite on Tuesday night. Um, it wasn't really a technical match. It was kind of like just a pro wrestling match. Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, kind of a hybrid of what ZSJ does and continues to do. Plus what Claudio is like. There was a bit of WWE style to it. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just right. That's what Claudio has been doing for the past 12 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I I thought it was very, very good. Uh, Claudio ends up winning. Um, Yes, it's a bummer that ZSJ lost. But, you know. Of the scenarios, you need the guy who's going to be in Blood and Guts on on sure. Wednesday and also sure. be a major part of Blood and Guts right. on Wednesday. Right. Um, and then the guy making his debut, you don't want to punk him out on his first first match. Exactly. Z- and, Zach Sabre can, can survive an L to Claudio. You know? Yes. And, and again, in that promo, I don't know if you had a chance to, to catch it, Chris. But I did. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, that wasn't a technical match. It was not the match against the best technical wrestler in the world. I'm still the best technical wrestler in the world, and I will continue to be until Danielson isn't a coward and faces me. Which will likely happen at Wrestle Kingdom, hopefully. I mean, fingers crossed. That's that's the... Uh, fun fact, uh, New Japan is apparently planning a U.S. pay-per-view for the end of October in New York. So, oh, okay. The garden uh, again? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be at Hammerstein, which means oh, we are okay. not going, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. Not unless we get somewhere on the floor. Yeah. Unless we get floor seats. We're not going. We're not uh, taking the bus. No. No. We are definitely not taking the bus. We're taking the we're, train. We'll t- train, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. And then hit Shake Shack. It, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh I could see them maybe doing it there, depending on, you know, how everything else plays out. Sure. You know, well, didn't Saber say at the end of that promo he wasn't going to come back to the U.S.? That's true. Fight until that happens. So I feel like that's setting it up for Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. And I fair. think, you know, Danielson, Saber in the dome. I mean, come on. Oh, hell it doesn't. Yeah. That's 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 an appropriate stage for that. I, uh, I also love Zack Saber Jr. calling uh, Brian a, a cheeky bastard for the old bait and switch there. Uh, just being super British about it. And I, yes. I, I love I love Saber's uh, promos. He's great. Yeah, he's he's so good. And again, it underlines like why why didn't you have him cut a promo last Wednesday on Dynamite? Come on, right? He was right there. Well, it, live TV, Zack Saber Jr. in the states. You know, yeah, you that's had true. A, you he, wouldn't need to double the delay you typically had. You need at least uh, yeah. twenty one seconds of delay for that. He would have thrown out some C bombs, and it would have been really yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, we had the four way for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, which I thought was a very good match. And then the ending really deflated it as uh, legit injury occurs to Adam yeah. Cole, uh, which kind of fucks up the finish. I think he was supposed to eat the Rainmaker and then take the fall from Jay White. But instead, Cole collapses uh, before the Rainmaker and Jay White mm-hmm. still steals the pin. Um, it was before the Rainmaker? I thought he ate the Rainmaker. I, I, I thought he uh, I thought he missed the Rainmaker. I thought he. he I don't I don't recall. Anyway, it, you slice it. Was, it. Yeah. 
Uh, it was it was definitely a confusing sudden finish, and uh, left the crowd a little deflated. Until that point, I thought it was great, great character moments for all four guys. Yeah, uh, everybody got huge pops on their entrance. Um, you know, it, it it felt like a big deal, which is yes. what the match needed to do. Um, uh, I I really want to see you know White and Okada get singles matches next time around because. Look, there's going to be a Forbidden Door 2. They made too much money and missed out on enough marquee matches to not do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I I thought uh, this was a good match up until that finish. And uh, hopefully, you know, Cole ends up okay. I know he was working through a shoulder injury to begin with. So uh, adding what sounds like a pretty serious concussion on top of it. No fun. like like I've been like I had been saying like the month prior uh, there had been too much Adam Cole um, so uh, for an, uh, for a month or so little to no Adam Cole might might help uh, you know his status a little bit I think and apparently uh, there were more problems with booking on Dynamite which we'll talk about in a few just while we're talking about issues with you know injuries and so on a whole bunch of people got hit with the Rona. Uh, and yeah, unable to be on the show on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some of the changes that that came uh, about of that as we talk about uh, the shows. But uh, kind of a bummer. Their main event was John Moxley against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tana is definitely in a phase of his career where he has to pick and choose his moments. Mm-hmm. You can you could see it Wednesday night on Dynamite. You could see it even here. The knees are gone. Oh yeah, his uh, his ability to run the ropes just looks uncomfortable. But there are moments where he says, you know what? I can be the ace again. I I can choose now in this match at this time, as opposed to every big match. I can choose in this one right here tonight to go beyond mm-hmm. and be the biggest hero in the world. And he did it on this past Sunday. Him against sure. Mox. Yeah. I wondered if Tana was going to be the one to play subtle heel. No, Mox went, fuck it, I'm going to be the Dirty American. And you could yeah. hear the crowd, especially at the end, get super into Tana. And I wondered if Tana was going to win. For a, few, for a few minutes towards the end, yeah. But, um, you know, and I feel like it's it's more within Mox's character to allow for that sort of, you know, uh, the way he worked the match and, yeah. you know, that ruthless sort of feel that he has. Especially with the story, you know, of Tana ducking him over the past two years, as yeah. he, as he's said multiple times. So it all, it all made sense. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Mox did what he needed to do. Tana had his hero spots, but you know, at the end it was, and they called it, I think the, the death rider, the, yes, uh, yeah. the paradigm shift, yeah, uh, the, the, the high angle version. It seems they're calling that the yeah. death rider now. So, uh, uh, Mox gets the pin. He is the interim champion, two time AEW champion. If you want to call him that. Um, and then, uh, yeah. out comes, uh, Garcia Everybody. and Jericho and they have a big, massive brawl with Jericho appreciation society and, uh, the Blackpool combat club, uh, to go off the air, which I thought was a weird way to end the show. I get that they wanted to build the Wednesday, but, uh, I, they I just done that on the end of dynamite though. Yeah. So it was like, we already know it's coming up. It, I, I, I didn't, I didn't love that. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of that either, but that. Took us to Wednesday. And it was a big time blood and guts show in front of 10,000 folks in Detroit, Michigan. 
Yeah, another big hot crowd. Double rings, maybe for some cool shots because of the mm-hmm. different way that they, they had to shoot everything. There were some moments during the opening match between Orange Cassidy and Ethan Page where they like had the uh, the crane cam going and you could yeah. see just like the massive row of people watching the show and really underlying things. Um, show did kick off with Orange Cassidy against Ethan Page, which was a fine match. They didn't really put over the story of the match, though, which was Orange Cassidy believed, hey, it's Detroit. I need to power slam the big monster because it's WrestleMania three and I'm in front of 87,000 uh, orange maniacs. Um, so the scoop slam is what got the finish here. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did a good job at, at the point of him attempting it multiple times and not being able to do it until the yes. end. They got that part over. They didn't really get the backstory yeah. to it too much. Uh, but OC wins also gets the uh, orange juice in the face of Dan Lambert to a big pop. Yeah. crowd, And uh, most importantly, he came out to Jane by Jefferson. He Starship, sure did. Which. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I've seen some people go, oh, I got really used to where is my mind, blah, blah, blah. This feels like a fucking king size entrance. Like it's yes. got the great guitar lick at the beginning, and yeah, I also like the custom track suits. The best friends crew. Yeah. Oh, absolutely love the whole presentation, except for Justin Roberts uh, trampling over the lyrics of Jane. Which yeah. you gotta learn how to post that song, man. You fucking rookie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hit the post, man. Hit the post. Christian Cage came out to speak once again, rocking the "I'm a heel" turtleneck. Uh, he drowned out by booze. He was asked by mm-hmm. management to apologize for comments last week, and he did apologize. He said, Jungle Boy, I'm sorry that your entire family isn't dead. <laughs> I mean, wow, that's <laughs> certainly a statement to make on national television, except for your mom. Yeah, She's yeah, okay he, by he me. corrected Wink. himself, except for yeah. Jungle Boy's mom. Yeah. I got to ask you something, Chris. If I put my okay. tinfoil hat on right now. Oh, boy. Is this heel turn? Of Christian and the way it's being handled to send a message to MJF. Um, I mean, he's Christian's definitely made some allusions to the situation in his promos. Sure. So there's certainly certainly that. Uh, I I I don't know. I don't know. And what's weird is that you know nobody's been talking about MJF the past two weeks because no. it's all been about Forbidden Door and, uh, and and Blood and Guts. Yeah. So there's been you know not a lot of scuttlebutt happening with old Maxwell up in uh, up in Long Island. So yeah, maybe, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like something that Tony would instruct them to do. Maybe it's Christian, you know, just working it into his promo. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I don't know. I'm not sh- I'm not sold on that. Yeah, it's just it's interesting that like you have this big, you know, fuck off, fuck Tony Khan promo. Yeah. We're looking at what appears to be a Brian Pillman-esque shoot work to do. And just as you said, no one's talking. Like, it's gone ice fucking cold. And you've got Christian basically showing the world like, you know, MJF's whole shtick about saying outrageous shit and being a heel. Yeah. Here's another way to do it and possibly better. Well, you know, I, for the it's value, certainly a lot less fourth wall breaking. Yeah, but he got a lot of value out of MJF for how little he was paying paying him compared to what he's paying <laughs> Christian, which is the whole idea of, of behind MJF's uh, you know umbrage with Tony Khan. Fair but, point. Fair point. But, anyway, but yes, yeah, so so Christian says uh, he asked for a match, but it wasn't for him. Out yeah. comes Dark Luchasaurus. Well, uh, I, I think now you'll find with, through uh, uh, Hellfire and Brimstone, it's less problematic. Kane. 
<laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can guarantee you, Luchasaurus is smarter than fucking uh, Glenn Jacobs. That's a that's an that's an easy that's an easy one right there. Oh, yeah. Not to yeah, say I want uh, Luchasaurus to run for office anytime no, soon. No, but, no, um, no. I almost uh, and I saw somebody tweet this out. I don't remember who, but I, I I almost feel like this wasn't enough of a change for Luchasaurus. You know, the you know working a more aggressive style in a black black gear. You know. I, I kind of felt like maybe ditching the whole Luchasaurus thing and, you know, going maskless and just being this Fair. this big killer heavy might have been a wait, little wait, more wait, effective. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. It's a mask? That's his face, Chris. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, Marty. Uh, he he's is a not dinosaur. million years year, uh, years old, okay? Sorry to He's, he's to made up a dino DNA, Chris. <laughs> Bingo. Dino DNA. <laughs> oh, Mr. DNA. Uh, anyway, Supratico got murdered. Uh, yeah. Face buster, nerve hold, snare trap for the wind. Then after the snare the match, trap with the claw. Yes. He's, he's doing it with, uh, you know, the, the old, uh, uh, fuck, who's the guy? Uh, Baron von Raschke. Raschke, that was it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, Fritz von Eric did that too. There you go. Uh, yeah. But uh, Christian hits a chokey slam on the floor, as Taz called it, the goozle. Because he's got to use all the worker terminology, of course. Of course he does. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Wardlow were backstage for a face-to-face. Long story short, they're going to have a match on Dynamite next week in a street fight for TNT Championship. Then we had Max Caster in the Gun Club against Dan Housen and two mystery partners. Man. Based on the fact that Caster called Dan Housen a juggalo, and then Dan Housen came out and said, I have two partners, and I guess they could wrestle for about a hot minute there. I thought it was going to be ICP. Man. Well, I think Violent J is dealing with some, like, life-threatening heart disease or something. I, I or, think or, you're correct. But. But I definitely was like, it's going to be pop. fucking ICP. <laughs> Holy shit, that would have been cool. I hadn't even thought about that. But, yeah, that would have been rad. But, I mean, I, the only thing that might have might be cooler than ICP coming out would be FTR coming out, which is exactly what fucking happened. Yeah, and they got a god pop, too. Like, they, they are did. the most over they've ever been. It's true. Uh, super fun match. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and it was definitely, uh, you know, FTR. They've been doing a lot of putting over the gun club as decent workers on, on Twitter. Yeah. So I yeah. think this was part of, you know, showing out. This was, however, just the backdrop of the big... Uh, split of the acclaimed and the gun club including the miracle moment where anthony bowen shows he can walk he doesn't need a wheelchair i mean we knew that was bound to happen eventually uh and it it was it it was great and uh daddy ass choosing the acclaimed over his own sons is an all-timer of a fucking story twist and not that i didn't see it coming yeah yeah. you know just in terms of what it is uh absolutely fantastic um so i'm i'm cool with that uh there is uh just to circle back to dan housen and fdr there is precedent for them teaming up i don't know if you ever watched any of dan housen's vlogs but um they've had a number of uh of conversations about you know Dan Housing joining up with them, and they just are infatuated, not infatuated, but they really enjoyed this weird little uh, Dan Housing sort of guy. So yeah. there's you know there's been some groundwork laid on the on the internet for such a team up. So it was uh, it was not without uh, provocation, and um, yeah, very much enjoyed it. Looking forward to seeing those uh, the the ass boys. I guess they would kind of be the baby faces in this thing. I don't really see how that's yeah, going to work. I, I don't but... know because everyone loves the acclaimed. Yeah, I know. They, they really legitimately do. But uh... even even the ass boy's own father, yeah. Mr. Ass, Daddy Ass. Daddy Ass. 
scissor me good old yes uh yeah. how's that not on a t-shirt yet i know right or is it it's it's not as far as i know like it, pwt should have had that shit like the next day anyway right anyway. uh those assholes Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh <laughs> cut a promo to put over a uh, TV title match for Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, which will be coming up uh, later this month uh, mm-hmm. from Texas? Uh, Massachusetts. No, they were just in Texas. They're yeah, running a 6,000 seat arena for that show. Good um... luck. And <laughs> I mean, the UMBC Event Center is uh, right down the street and uh, okay. more in your wheelhouse right okay. here. But OK, yeah, maybe right. Massachusetts. I mean, depending on how many AEW talent show up, it might be. I mean, we know possible. FTR is going to be on there. We well, yeah. That. So yeah. maybe that'll be enough to, to carry it. But we'll see. Plus, Joey Samoe being back in Ring of Honor is a big, big draw as well. Uh, you Legal know. name Joseph yeah. Samosef. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just shorten it for brevity's sake. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're tight. TBS yeah. championship was on the line as Jade Cargill murdered Layla Gray. So uh, note about this. Uh, yes. I do. If you've been listening to the show, you know, uh, I do trivia on Wednesday nights. I host and I always ask the bartenders to throw on dynamite. So while this match was happening, I saw more eyes than normal to the TV. And I went over to the, a couple of tables who were very intently watching this. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I know. They're like, who is that? And I said, that is Jade Cargill. She fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, incredibly built. She is uh, fantastic. And they were they were very uh, taken by the the allure and look of uh, Jade Cargill. So that is uh, that's a super positive right there. Hell yeah, that's awesome. That that's really cool. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Jade ends up winning. Uh, after the match, uh, Stokely Hathaway said that only someone from uh, only someone who doesn't even work for AEW was the one who had to wherewithal to step, step up. Said that Athena and Statlander were lazy and refused to get into the mix. So out come uh, Athena and Chris to brawl with Jade and uh, Kira Hogan. But uh, Layla Gray, after being handed an envelope by Stokely Hathaway, uh, joins the fight and uh, ends up. Uh, stopping Athena from hitting the O face. So uh, I don't know right. if then, this means Layla Gray is going to be involved while Red Velvet is out on injury or what. Well, on somebody asked Jade Cargill that on Twitter, and she responded, "I beat her in six seconds. Why would I want her on my team?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so either that's the kayfabe reason, or yeah. they have not smartened Jade up yet. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, but I loved that response. So, yeah. <laughs> Young Bucks were backstage. All their friends were gone. Not even Brandon was behind the camera. I forget who they said was behind the camera. Fred? Was it Fred? Yeah, some some guy. I don't uh, know. But they said they were going to give Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi a shot at the uh, AEW World Tag Championships, but they had to beat him in an eliminator match on Rampage first. It's like, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> go, go Goto and Yoshihashi. Good for you guys. I guess Gator was like, it is no rush for you guys to get home. You know, hang out another week. You know, <laughs> you'll be all right. Yeah, we don't need you. Yeah, let's just hang yeah. out. Uh, yeah. And then Jr. came out to join commentary as he was Ew. not at all a part of the first hour of the show, which was yeah the better goddamn hour pleasant in terms of commentary. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was time for blood and guts. It got the second hour of the show all to itself. Video package talking about everything. Big entrances for both teams, and then uh, it was six on six. Big segment watching the cage come down too. Yeah, true. True. As they were going um, through the rules and giving some of the backstory on what was going to happen, you know, yeah. uh, they had the, the heavy music playing and the, and the cage was being lowered onto the thing. And uh, 
and yeah, you know, they, they, they set the stage, uh, and it started out with, um, Sammy Guevara for, uh, JAS and Claudio for BCC. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like to see more of those two together because Claudio tossing around Sammy was delightful. Yes. Claudio is an incredible base. He's been an incredible base for God, 17, 18 years now. Freakishly strong. That man. Chikara days. And Uh, which reminds me, if we can get uh, Claudio versus either Phoenix or Dante Martin as soon as humanly possible. Yes, please. Please, TK. I know you listen. Yeah. Please. Let's make it happen. Um, this was an incredible match. The one big downside was the immediate injury of Santana. Yeah. Santana comes in with a barbed wire bat when he uh, is brought in. He goes to do a Yuranagi on... Daniel Garcia and like it's a spinning Uranagi and basically he spun, but the bottom part of his leg didn't Yeah, and snap crackle pop, you know, after that he was not involved and they were struggling to shoot around him the rest of the match. I'm surprised like they didn't just take him out of the cage. Yeah. I I think at a point they did. I think they did that, especially uh, when the, the match ended up going on top of the cage. Right. Uh, But you could tell they were struggling to shoot around him during one moment in particular, when uh, take Conti Turk took out uh, Aubrey Edwards to get Mm -hmm. the keys to the cage door. Um, That was kind of a, a mess to watch at home. Um, commentary did a nice job of covering what had happened, but it was clear they, because it was the side that Santana was on, they were trying not to show him. Um, yeah, but the rest of the match was an absolute wild and violent match, whether it It was was, a bloody spectacle. It was, uh, I think it's a spectacle is, is the best way to describe. Cause again, after I I did catch the last like 15 minutes of this at the bar after my trivia game was over and I was sitting there with one of my tables and I was watching it and then their eyes were drawn to it too. Like what the fuck is happening? So I'm trying to explain, you know, what blood and guts is. I gave him like a history of war games. I tried to give him a little, uh, a little history between, uh, Claudio and Eddie, which Eddie retweeted this like video essay that some guy did telling the story of, Claudio and Eddie and Chikara. So I finally got the backstory as to why they hate each other. Yeah. Um, so now, now I'm wisened up on that. Uh, so I was trying to tell parts of that and they're like, Oh, I recognize is that Chris Jericho. I was like, yeah, yeah, we recognize him. And, and you know, like everybody's bleeding and the thumbtacks came out and Jack Swag or, um, Jake Hager got put through a fucking table and yeah. they were, they were just totally sucked up into the, the ridiculous violent spectacle that was blood and guts. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, it's ridiculous, uh, but not watching it without commentary is a whole different, you know, sort of thing oh, yeah. for people who don't watch, oh, yeah. you know, so I'm trying to, you know, uh, wisen them up, um, you know, watching in picture in picture and yeah. watching it again with the commentary, um, and I don't know how, I don't know which Mike picked up Eddie Kingston on top of the cage saying, are we on break? Are we yeah, on yeah, break? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. fucking times at Jericho yelling, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what Mike picked that up, which camera Mike did, but it was yeah. very, very loud. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's probably the, the, beyond the, the Santana injury. That's probably the other biggest yeah. issue with the match that, uh, you know, the clarity of when they were or weren't on screen appropriate that they would ask given some of the spots that, came from it sure um yeah but uh mvps of the match i would have to say are 2.0 for absolutely leaking bloodletting yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially 
uh, Angelo Parker, who at one point was hung up outside uh, outside of the cage, upside yeah. down, looking like yeah. he was fucking crucified. Um, and uh, Yuta, I don't know if you caught his all the tacks in his back. I didn't but, know. Yeah, you can especially see it at the end of the match when everybody's standing tall. There was one angle where they come around, and you just see he's got like 45 thumbtacks in his back. I don't even know Dang. when that happened. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, Sammy took an insane flip dive bump off the top mm-hmm. of the cage, uh, landing onto what was clearly crash pads and uh, underneath tables. But that's yeah. fine. Like it, it looked it, gorgeous and it brutal. looked a lot better than the the prior years when Jericho went off the stage into yes. the fake steel. Yeah, uh, and, and was... I think the other thing that made it look cool was there was there were props on top of the table that went yeah. flying. So like when he yep. hit like. You know, the, there was like a bottle of water that went up in the yeah. air, and there was a there was a towel on the table that went right on Sammy's face. Like, yeah, it, it it just looked wild. Yeah, he landed uh, as perfectly as you could have too. So you know, yeah. but I think the craziest spot of the night, the absolutely most bug nut insane spot of the night, goes to Jericho and Claudio. Yes, as Claudio does the uh, big swing on top of the cages. Yeah, I was uh, my jaw was agape uh, at that. Yeah. I'm like, you have to really trust the motherfucker to to let them do that to you, especially Jericho. Yeah, but I guess you know Jericho had been around Claudio enough. Oh yeah, back you know to know to trust him. Um, but you know, it was late in the match, and Claudio started the match too. Yeah, so dude was uh probably a little bit tired. <laughs> he, he was blown up, blown up of ZSJ. everyone by the end of the night. Well, by the end of this, at the end of his like during the match with ZSJ yeah, on, on Sunday, he was uh, he was blown the f- kingdom come. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he definitely uh, held up okay and in, 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 in blood and guts, and that was a that was a ridiculous spot. And we kept, you know, again watching it the first time without commentary, mm-hmm. and there being time left. I'm like, oh, okay, they left time for a turn. You know, Eddie's going to turn on Claudio or something big's going to yeah. happen. But I don't know if the match just finished a couple minutes early or they had allotted that much time for uh, celebration on top of the cage. But um, yeah, it ended with uh, the 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 good guy standing tall. And, yeah, which uh, I, I thought was nice that, that they got to let yeah. that breathe a little bit. And the finish yeah. was just like a chef kiss move. Uh, to, to underline the the issues between Kingston and Claudio, uh, on top of the cage were Claudio, Jericho, Matt Menard, and Kingston. Mm-hmm. Kingston hits the stretch plum on Jericho, and he's wrenching on it, wrenching on it. Claudio yeah. puts a sharpshooter on Matt Menard. Mm-hmm. Menard is the first to tap. Therefore, Claudio gets the win. Instead of Kingston getting his big comeuppance, his his retribution yeah. on Chris Jericho. Yeah. So th- that story is uh, has many other chapters to unfold, and I'm looking forward to them. But just an incredible show. Apparently, people were, liked it because it was number one in the cable ratings on Thursday when they came suck out. at Vince. Yeah. Blood and gut sells. <laughs> and then that took us to a very fun show. Rampage on Friday, with ki- which kicked off with the Royal Rampage. 20 men, two rings, two groups of 10, ultimately coming together in one final uh, you know, battle royal matchup. Uh, standard uh, over-the-top rope rules applied here. And why was it booked as a 20-man battle royal? 
because half the roster was out with COVID and they were just <laughs> trying to think who they could throw together and how. Uh, this wow. ultimately led to a change for Rampage on Friday, where it's originally supposed to be the Lucha Bros versus Andrade and Roosh. But oh. Phoenix ha- caught the Rona. Damn it. Uh, he was unable to be a part of it, which coming off of the match last Friday between mm-hmm. Andrade and Phoenix would have been baller as hell. Well, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. So I look forward to that happening. Very cool stories in this match, whether it was uh, the the reuniting and then the fun razzing of each other between uh, Hangman Adam Page and John Silver. Silver got a huge pop, by the way, which Good. continues my uh, idea of Silver needs to be pushed. Uh, and then the one that got me super stoked, Orange Cassidy and Kanosuke Takeshida getting up in each other's shit. Which, oh, uh, I haven't watched Rampage. Oh, yeah, so I watched Rampage. Yeah, okay. No. Uh, so uh, I, I would very much love to see more of that. The finish came down to Brody King and Darby Allen, and they innovated a new finish here in terms of a battle royal finish. Uh, what happened was Brody King locked a sleeper onto Darby because of the yeah. height differential. Brody pulled him up and basically hung Darby from his meaty arms, mm-hmm. then pulled him over the top rope with him and dropped him onto the floor. Hell Brody yeah. King wins in a super brutal fashion. And we're getting Love it. King versus Mox on Wednesday on Dynamite. If should they want to just rule. do, oh, it should absolutely rule. If they just want to do a uh, Blackpool Combat Club House of Black feud, like let's yeah. go, like that. yeah, for sure. Uh, um, I I I love Moxley's matches against bigger guys. Yes. Look back to the match with uh with uh, Brody Lee, yes. and the match with Archer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, Hell, even uh, his match know. with Hager. I know we're not Hager guys here, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he had one. They there. have chemistry. Um, yeah, I mean, him working from from underneath is something that doesn't happen often because he's a larger guy. But yeah, very much looking forward to this match. And that's that's on Dynamite this week? Yes, I'll be on Dynamite this Wednesday. Uh, the Young Bucks ended up defeating the Chaos Duo of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. No. Yeah. You don't say. Yeah, uh, so... Uh, Yoshihashi, the pin there? Uh, ATE trigger? Da, 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 yes, Yoshihashi got the Meltzer driver on him. Uh, Nick oh, Meltzer jumped driver, from okay. ring two to ring one to do the Meltzer driver. <laughs> because, nice. of course, he did. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Gresham said that he's the best technical wrestler in the world. And uh, okay. it's going to be him and Lee Moriarty against Tully Blanchard Enterprise's team of the Gates of Agony, Khan and uh, Toa Leona. Uh, that'll okay. be on Rampage next week. Uh, Damn, Brian Cage still can't even get both on AEW. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and then, uh, weirdly enough, the main event was Tony Storm against Nyla Rose. Storm ends up winning. The most interesting thing about this was that Marina Shafir showed more personality hanging out on the outside of the ring than she has in her entire run in AEW to this point. Well, it's weird because she's supposed to be like this silent killer sort of thing. The problem, like the gimmick. Seems I, I they're throwing that out. Good, because it, the music sucked. did not fit uh, for hype up music for. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, change that. So, uh, all right. Good for you, Shafir. Uh, still a weird pairing. Is Vicky still around? Uh, she is currently uh, not touring with the group because her mother passed away. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, post-match. 
Uh, Shafir and Nyla Rose double team Storm. Thunder Rosa ran out to make the save, making a match for Dynamite as it's going to be Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, or as Tony called them, Tony Khan, when he announced it on Twitter, Thunderstorm. Yeah thunderstorm yes how could you not come on yes. it's right there they they will be facing marina shafir and nyla rose nyla rose took to twitter to say that, well if they're a thunderstorm we're an extinction level event fuck oh, yes that's great uh and then the rest of the card is the street fight for the tnt title between scorpio sky and wardlow butcher and the blade will face swerve in our glory we got an Sweet. appearance from christian cage and luchasaurus and then of course john moxley versus brody king for the AEW interim title the thing i like the most about that is the matchup graphic it also has their little like team graphics on it so oh sweet yeah we're we're, we're pushing the stables here folks should be an Good awesome up. show i know justin doesn't care for it but i do <laughs> and speaking of awesome shows uh this one i mean this one's gone long but it's gonna go a little longer as we're now gonna throw it to our interview with james lawrence talking about the legend of la mariposa catch you over there And we're rolling uh, Roughhouse Podcast little bonus added to the episode as we've got uh, a very special interview. We don't typically do interviews, although I always tell Chris, uh, hey, maybe we should interview folks. Um, but we've got uh, <laughs> we've got a, a, a special guest here. Uh, he is the creator of a really cool comic project that we wanted to tell you about. The Legend of La Mariposa. Ladies and gentlemen. James Lawrence. James, welcome to the Rough House Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for, just, uh, for joining I'm, us. Yeah. Uh, we, we, you're joining us from, from far away. You're, you're in England and uh, you're talking to, to uh, East Coast American boys. So thank you for making do uh, not only A, with the, uh, the time difference, but B, on a weekend where we choose to celebrate, you know, defeating your country. So, you know, <laughs> That that said, that you know, the past few weeks has really made this a, an odd holiday here in the states to celebrate. But that's that's to the left of everything that's a else. Different we're talking podcast. About here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Legend of La Mariposa. It's an awesome looking book. You are kickstarting the latest edition right now, The Legend of La Mariposa. Vulcan's Challenge. Now, if, if I am not mistaken, this is the third book in the series. If you can, for listeners at home, give us your elevator pitch. What is the legend of La Mariposa? Cool. Okay, so uh, the legend of La Mariposa is a all-ages uh, action fantasy comedy series um, where I take kind of the tropes and traditions of Lucha Libre and I apply them to uh, a pulpy fantasy world. I kind of like describe it as... Nacho Libre meets uh, Samurai Jack mm -hmm. okay. um, or Conan the Barbarian, but with shining wizards instead of actual wizards. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great tagline. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I adore it. And uh, you, you started the Kickstarter for this latest installment on Friday, July 1st. We're now, uh, well, what would be your time, two and a half days in. How's it going so far? How are you feeling about the reaction to this third installment so far? Oh, it's going, it's going really well. We hit like halfway funded day one. Awesome. Oh yeah. Um, and now we're, thank you. And now we're very firmly in the, in kind of the middle section where like 
the initial surge drops off a bit and it kind of like starts to level out this every yeah. Kickstarter ever. Yeah. Um, but we're still sort of like slowly ticking away along. I'm feeling super confident that the project's going to come off. Uh, the book is, I think it's like the best like comic I've drawn so far in like the legend of La Mariposa world. Um, I'm just super excited to just kind of bring it out to people and, uh, you know, give it its print debut. Awesome. Awesome. So you're feeling confident about this third go around personally, uh, in, outside of the rough house podcast, I've been a part of two kickstarters previously. And I, I can say it's those first few days that are always the most nerve wracking. So I, I have to say you, you are showing an air of confidence right now. Cause, uh, I, I, I know for me, especially the first time we ever did a Kickstarter was something where you just like, you know, you're, you're looking at your, your backers, you're looking at your numbers, you start doing that math of, okay, if this continues on for so many days, even with the drop off, we're going to hit the number, that sort of thing. But it sounds like it's going good. And it, it sounds like, you know, you've established a fan base and you've uh, established uh, people who are excited <clears throat> for, you know, this next installment. I, I, I follow you on Twitter and I saw all the fan art you were sharing, uh, including a, a mask that oh, yeah. was made of uh, Long yeah, right there. design. Yeah, right, right there. Can, the this top. is an audio yeah. format, so your audience can't see it, but you guys can see it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, pro grade mask made by the uh, amazing Ted at uh, Omega Masks. Uh, r- ring ready apparently oh, there you go uh i i, I don't it's know if you intend, it, man I, I don't know if you tend to hop <laughs> into the ring anytime soon james but you know uh if you do you're you, you've at least got a mask <laughs> the look on your face the look on I, your face told the story i actually do catch wrestling thursday nights um not kind of like pro wrestling stuff but like the old school yeah. george hackenschmidt kind of frank gotch style which is just just mean and i'm like perpetually covered in bruises and like <laughs> trap nerves uh so i don't really desire to kind of put the actual sort of like the bumps of pro wrestling in yeah to it but the, the mask is actually surprisingly comfortable to wear oh well there you go no uh, poison ranas for you james <laughs> no not no 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 i don't think so like i already like i don't like i've been put in a cross face like a handful of times during catch and it's just it's a deeply uncomfortable experience because you can feel each of your teeth squeaking <laughs> not quite the most pleasurable sensations i'd imagine uh, no. no sir so why lucha libre what what fascinated you about the 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 i guess part of the you know part of the reason we love lucha libre marty and i as well is the look but obviously the aesthetic the history what was it about lucha libre that made you want to you know write a comic about it i mean the, the the comparisons are kind of like almost like really obvious because it's kind of real life super heroics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I've been aware of luchadors since I was like a, you know, a tiny baby boy kind of thing. Um, and you see, you grow up like reading Spider-Man and then you find that there are dudes out there who not only kind of wear masks to like fight bad guys, but also you read into it, It's just like, Oh, they can't ever show their face. Yeah like in public otherwise all the magic and mysticism and power is lost oh um they can hand their mask down from like father to son or like father to daughter or like whatever and like form like a dynasty um and then kind of like almost transfer their powers across um and you know like on top of that you have kind of like these dudes living their gimmicks so you know you guys you guys know santo yeah like yeah absolutely kind of the god of kind of like um yeah like Mexican wrestling and this buried in his mask. If I remember right. 
Exactly. Like how that's that's just pure like comic book storytelling, but it happened in real life. Yeah. yeah. You know, and his decision to add mass to amount announce his retirement was just like real life drama kind of thing. Um but this dude's starring in like movies mm-hmm. where he fights Dracula, <laughs> but he's playing himself. Yeah. You know? It's like if The Rock had never like dropped the rock gimmick and just kept the rock gimmick. <laughs> Has he though? And then it was like, <laughs> well, you know, if he was still kind of the Rudy Poo kind right. of like dude right, yeah, with right. the satin shirts and everything like that, but he was in like Rampage and the Fast and the Furious, and he was still just the rock doing a thing. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that kind of thing, uh, like you know, and it was you were supposed to believe that like. Yeah, you know, you what you saw the rock in the ring, and then what you didn't know is that after you left, he was attacked by werewolves, <laughs> like in the ring later. Yeah. Because that literally happens in a Santo movie, oh, except totally. they didn't have the budget for actual wolves, so they used right. German shepherds. <laughs> I, I I will say I'm surprised that no like low budget <clears throat> horror studio. Or, or Shudder or someone like that hasn't gone to, say, Pentagon and Phoenix and said, Oof, hey, let's man. run this back. Let, let, let's do this all over again. Let's do the, the Santo style movies, but with the Lucha Brothers or, or you know, of, of a similar ilk. Uh, I mean, even yeah. uh, I, I think Blue Demon tried to get some things going. I think there's supposed to be a Disney show involving him that fell by the wayside due to outside of the ring issues, but I, I think the show still happened, but he was jettisoned. Yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But uh, I, I'm definitely surprised that that, that ground hasn't really been, uh, especially in this reboot era, hasn't been something that all these studios have, haven't uh, approached luchadors with. Now, right now there are a bunch of shockingly, a bunch of comic books about wrestling that are either out or, or coming out, that sort of thing. Uh, far cry from the days of the, the Marvel WCW book or, uh, you know, the, the WWE comics, whether by Chaos or, you know, uh, the IDW <laughs> books now. The Warrior comic. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> right, right. But we've got... Th- I, I had... Issue one of the uh, Chaos Comics Undertaker, <laughs> where he like I, he's Hell's Warden and he piled right, he tombstones people back to hell, <laughs> which, which definitely would be a leg up from you know uh, riding around on a motorcycle and never leaving. Mm. But uh, oh yeah, definitely. You know you, you've got books like uh, Ringside by Joe Keating. You've got uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's Do a Power Bomb, which is incredible. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out oh. yet. Um, going a little yes. bit further back, Super Pro KO by Jarrett Williams, um, uh, which is a fantastic book. Uh, what do you Big think influence. it is about pro wrestling that, that makes it such a, a fertile ground for comic book style storytelling? It's because it is. It's a real life comic book, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's yeah. ongoing storylines, um, clearly defined kind of like moral boundaries, mm-hmm. arcs. Um, you know, a bevy of like colorful kind of characters. Um, you know, it's, it's just esoteric enough that it could be like your special little thing, your special little hobby. Um, but it's kind of like accessible enough that people can be brought into it and there's kind of communities around it. It's like the overlap between comics and, um, comics and wrestling is like enormous. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee that I, if I had to guess, um, I would say that like the number of pro wrestlers who are also comic book fans oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's probably going to be almost like a majority, I would say, yeah. if he actually ran these days. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially Definitely. now. And how soon I forget the, the headlocked series of books where, you know, wrestlers either have written or in some cases illustrated stories. Uh, you know, rendered in a comic book form. Um, there, there's definitely, mm. you know, an, an overlap there. But let's talk about your bonafides, James. Let, let, let's lay it out there. You're not just some guy going, oh, luchadors look cool. I want to go ahead and draw luchadors. That's going to be the, you know, the focus of my book. Tell us about your bonafides. Tell us about your pro wrestling fandom. What got you into wrestling? What do you like now? Oh, geez. So like everyone else of my generation, I got into like, wrestling when it was like the peak era of like hulkamania mm-hmm. um you know we're talking like early 90s back in the mm-hmm. the halcyon days where like kayfabe was intact and Absolutely. uh you know the majority of pro wrestlers were like you were supposed to believe that they had jobs <laughs> um yeah you know you had like here is a giant tax collector here is a yeah. giant policeman here is here is a guy who will steal your car, you know, because you've not been keeping up with your payments. Right. Um, and there were just these jack dudes who were also like blue collar, kind of like working yeah. class dudes. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, um, it even goes back further than that because like, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, when did I first become aware of luchadors? And it's a weird one because like when I was like young, when I was really young, um, for a couple of years I lived in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Italy were the prime importers of manga and anime before it ever broke into the English speaking world. Sure. And so as a kid living in Italy, trying just literally with a little TV that you, I had to dial in the channels, yeah. mm-hmm. trying to find cartoons, I found this channel that was just nothing but Italian dubbed anime. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, awesome. And that is where I saw Tiger Man. Ask Nisei the second Tiger Mask series. Not the first one, which is kind of what the character is based on. Right. The, the guy who's like an evil wrestler to support orphans. You know, the gimmick that went on to like inspire like El Generico yeah. and right. King from Tekken and every other kind of like, you know, Nacho Libre kind of thing, all that kind of stuff. The second one where he's basically a superhero and he has a, a tiger that's his best friend, <laughs> drives a tiger themed car. Yeah. And I was just like zeroed in. Yeah. Like I'm still like a huge tiger mask, like Mark to this day. Yeah. Um, you know, always on the lookout for like a little bit of kind of like, you know, vintage tiger mask merch. If I can get my hands on it, Absolutely. if it's not like hundreds of hundreds <laughs> of pounds, um, <laughs> you know, going, going, going for that kind of stuff. And that was, I think that was the first time I saw a mass wrestler. Uh, and it was the first time I was just like, got the idea of kind of like the wrestling being like, larger than life because you'd watch like because in italy this anime was uncensored oh yeah i remember watching episode one of like another anime called saint Seiya. episode one like 10 minutes in main character the hero the protagonist karate chops a dude's ear off and there is like a 10 second hole <laughs> on his ear just twitching on the cobbles with the blood, I was maybe like four years old, just going. So, right. so what you're saying is, this <laughs> specifically is where you became warped as an individual. This is where everything started to break. Down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where the dark passenger took hold, <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that violence between consenting adults is awesome. Yeah, no, cheers to that. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, when I was looking through the the Kickstarter and some of the art that uh, that is in the book, um, you included one of our favorite 
things in all of Lucha Libre, which is a luchador in a full on suit, yes. which is just one of the raddest looks in history. So uh, oh, I just yeah. needed to, to thank you for for including that. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, my love of, you know, I had been aware of luchadors from like WCW and WWF back in the day, but when uh, Lucha Underground became a thing, it kind of overtook my my wrestling being. And uh, I, I, by your uh, your reaction right there, uh, seems like it might have been the same uh, for you. So talk to me about your love and exposure to uh, one of my favorite wrestling things of all time, Lucha Underground. Oh Jesus! So like Lucha Underground, man. Um, I think that came out maybe like a month after I started the very first La Mariposa webcomic. Okay. And I was just like, well, I I was like thinking this this makes sense, right? To go kind of like full <laughs> fantasy with it because like the parallels are there. And then Lucha Underground started, and like someone said, you should watch Lucha Underground. Like there's like two episodes out, and I watched it. And I was just yeah. like, it's everything I want wrestling to be. Yes. It's like <laughs> WWE meets Mortal Kombat. Yes. You know, right. there's literally a story arc in there where a dragon man and a time traveler become <laughs> best friends through a shared love of nunchucks. Yes. You know? yep. um, Who can forget the nunchucks? Consequence- oh, yeah. And Great Consequences remains oh. one of the best wrestling matches of all time. Yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah. And the I can't remember what it was called. Um, I'm the, sure Chris will it know. It was between... Oh, God, I'm forgetting all the names. But it was Kill Shot versus his best friend that he abandoned to die in Iraq. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh God, Dante Dante Fox. Yeah, Dante Fox. Uh, yeah, Dante Fox. Dante yeah. Fox. It was Dante Fox and Lucha. Yeah. Ar Fox, yes. I think, in the yeah. Indies. Yeah, it was. It was yes. a death match, had but that, it had like, some gimmick title for the type of match that it was. Um, well, because the storyline was is that basically Killshot had abandoned Dante Fox to a die right. in Afghanistan yeah. when they were part of an elite Lucha special ops team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I remember, like, the training montages leading up to that. Yeah, it had, like, a military-themed gimmick to the match, right? Um, if, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, the Grave Consequences, I actually – I made – you know, it filmed in L.A., and we're on the East Coast. I made two trips out to L.A. to see Lucha Underground live, and it was the highlights of my live wrestling sort of things. And I have a photo uh, of me standing next to the coffin from the first Grave Consequences match with Mill and Phoenix. I'm like, this is – I'm in my happy place place it's it's just nice, it's amazing nice. yeah absolutely love that show now uh, a key element clearly of lucha is the masks you mentioned tiger mask and his definitely is sort of on the uh the mount rushmore of lucha masks and i just want to say for the record mount rushmore would be infinitely improved if it was all lucha masks instead of presidents <laughs> but that's that's a digression i want to yeah. know your favorite Lucha mask designs all time as an Ooh. artist, as a designer, as someone who is making Oof. new looks and designs. I, I recognize it's a lot of pressure, but Oof. do you have, okay. Uh, at, at least off the top of your head, some of your favorites. So in the real world, not that I've, not that I've, yes, designed. in the real world, in the real world. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can do that. So uh, off the top of my head, you can see it right there. Yeah. Um, a bit of a deep cut. Dasher, Dasher Hatfield. Hatfield. Yeah. 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 Of Chikara Hatfield. fame. It's, it's yes. actually autographed by, uh-huh. yeah, it's, um, autographed by the man himself as well. Nice. Uh, I was a huge Dasher Hatfield fan because it was just like, you know, again, full gimmick. You know, yeah. all his moves were baseball themed. Yep. Um, I love the idea of the stitch mustache mm-hmm. and the baseball stitch and everything like that. Huge fan of that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Tiger Mask is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like like Pento Oscuro's design. I know it's very Absolutely. kind of like 
it's very strongly referenced off like um oh my god i forgot his name how embarrassing la parker mm-hmm. you know la parker's whole grim reaper skull kind of thing um i really like i mean i kind of like the, the tinny blast Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he's like a luchador from Mexico. That was an okay. interesting one because it's kind of like the face plant is cut out, and it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a mesh covering. Oh, okay, over yeah, the that. face. I've seen that. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a dope one. Um, Conan's one, like way oh, way yeah, back yeah, before yeah. he got Conan's unmasked. Was great. That was pretty sick as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's so many, man. Like El Generico's was a great kind of like classic one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Phoenix's one is dope. Yeah. He stresses me out when he comes to the ring with the the the, the under the chin bit undone. Yes. Yeah, because it seems yeah. like it's so easy to fall off. Yeah. Um, but he, I assume he knows what he's doing. Yeah, man. This this like, I've got a little collection at the back. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say you actually have one of my favorites there. You have the the shocker mask, which is such a clean, classic looking design with the the lightning bolts around mm. the eyes. I, I've yeah. always loved yeah, that yeah. look because it's it's like just a natural progression of sort of the the standard Lucha design with like just really classic looking, uh, uh, iconic, uh, iconic lightning bolts on the side and, and so on. But, uh, you know, obviously of course you're sitting down now you get to design these cool, uh, Lucha masks, not just for your universe, but for others to maybe make additional masks or who knows, even cosplay at a point. Have you had any cosplayers yet? I've had people get in touch and ask about cosplaying the character and mm-hmm. then kind of come back and be like, oh, the mask is too expensive to make. And I'm just like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. You know, it's like getting anything custom made costs a bomb. And like, honestly, um, if someone were to come up and cosplay a La Mariposa character, I would lose my mind. Sure. Um, but one, one thing that was actually really dope that happened, it was a surprise on my birthday from my best buddy, Mark Penman, who's also like a really really talented kind of cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put together like a little hashtag called La Marisona. Oh, and he nice. got people to design, to draw themselves as oh, what right. they would be in the La Mariposa world. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, cool. so like, it, yeah, yeah. So he, like lo- loads of kind of like, like people from, you know, f- mostly friends, but also just kind of like readers of La Mariposa kind of drew themselves as kind of like a La Mariposa character. And honestly, to me, that's cooler. Mm-hmm. There's someone cosplaying my characters. People being oh, like, yeah. "Well, here's my version of a character in your world. Here's yeah. who I would want to be," and kind of they do that kind of gimmick. That's awesome. For it, that that's almost cooler because that's them sort of doing something themselves creatively as well. Yeah, and then uh, um, I have and it feels like even more of a tribute. All right, James, it, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you here today. But let's get to the nitty gritty. Let, let's talk to the listeners here. Give us the hearts. Uh, why should people? back the legend of Lamar Prosa? Uh, because it's rad. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's everything that kind of like, I think you, you need uh, in a good comic. Like it's, uh, it's all ages. So it's great for like kind of the little person in your life that you're trying to get into, into wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got enough kind of like in jokes and it's got enough kind of like sophistication. I hope. That you know, as an adult wrestling fan, if you get it, if you're like one of those few people out there that's not into pro wrestling, um, you can still enjoy it and get like just a solid pulp adventure. It's kind of like very much inspired by kind of Hellboy and Usagi Ojimbo in that regard. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know yeah. a lot about it to get a, get into it. Um, 
it's every book is designed to be standalone because I don't believe in kind of burying people in continuity. Sure. Um, and perhaps most importantly, it's cheap, um, <laughs> like eight eight quid, which I think is maybe about like maybe ten or eleven bucks mm-hmm. uh, plus shipping. Uh, gets you sixty four pages of kind of like story with no kind of ads, there and there's go. a bunch of extra bonus kind of rewards. There's like stickers. There's like a bunch of kind of rad kind of punk and metal inspired kind of what I call graps patches, wrestling inspired patches mm-hmm. that you can get as an add on. Um, and I'll be honest, I've, this is the third one I've done. I turned this stuff around quick, you, um, you know, historically. So you're not going to be waiting two years for your, uh, for your stuff to come through. I've made everything. It's all yeah. good. It's just ready to go. I just need that money to pay my printer <laughs> um, and to pay the po- and to pay the post office. Yeah. To be honest, guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, it's 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 a great thing to spend uh spend a bit of bit of bit of your hard earned on and i'd be really grateful if you did awesome well james lay it all out for us where can people find you online where do people need to go to back the kickstarter sure um so on kickstarter you just got to search for the legend of la mariposa vulcan's challenge mm-hmm. um you can find me on twitter um, at King Friday Joe, that would be the royal title, the day of the week, and uh, the the name, the human name. <laughs> um, and on Instagram, you can find me at uh, Jimmy Dean Sausages, which I didn't know was a brand of hot dogs in America when I took the name because it's an old, it's 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 an old nickname. <laughs> so um, if you're out there, Jimmy Dean Sausages. Uh, send me a message and I'll sell you the, I'll sell you the, Hell yeah. there you go. <laughs> benefits of being first on the socials. You get to steal the good names and make people pay for it. Well, James, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, the sure. book looks rad. We, we know that you're going to make it across the finish line, but hopefully we can send some rough house listeners your way and, and introduce yeah, a really cool please. book to, uh, some, uh, some, some new folks. And, and if I, uh, read the Kickstarter correctly, you can back to get the other books in the series, uh, though they are standalone. You can get the other books in the series. So if you want to pull together the full library, you can. Uh, anyway, you slice it. An absolute pleasure chatting with I'm you today. Sure and uh, we will catch up with you real soon as Siri decides to chime in. <laughs> <laughs> Take care and have a wonderful day, yeah, James. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much for having me. You Absolutely. too, guys. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. Gold dust recently joined by his compatriots in the bloodline of excellence. 
stardust, an intergalactic performer of the WWE Universe's long-awaited. And finally, it's Dusty Dust, baby! That's right, I got myself a star on my ass, and I'm gonna be moving fast. Got a tight onesie, have some funsy. Bouncing to and fro, polka dot, getting hot. I got my boys on east side, smacking backsides on the flip side of that jive ass raw hot. Yeah, hand me some beef jerky, herky murky. It's gonna be slurpy time. Getting the brain freeze, look at these up in the ring. I got the Rhodes Dynasty, fine on these. Put your lips in between my knees. Sun, stardust, gold dust, and dusty dust. Two people in shape, and one guy who looks like he's half bulldog. That's right, it's the hottest new faction, baby brother, in all of the WWE. You got the dustiest. Sawdust, gold dust, dusty dust. Dusty, time to get the broom out, son, because it's getting dusty up in this bitch. Ain't got no hitch. You think you're going to switch from the shield, play the field up into the dustiest? Well, I tell you what, we get musties. Musty TV on NBC, motherfucker. That's right. Dusty Dust premiering tonight on WWE Raw. I'm showing up unexpectedly. Hope they let me in the building. <laughs>